630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hour number two, Oilers Now, 630 Chad, 630 Chad, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, uh, coming up, Jordan Everly in conversation with Jack Michaels. Memo to Brendan Ulrich back in the studio. Use the Everly file, not the Ebbs file that was sent. Thank you very much. Uh, Rod McLean in conversation with Brendan Ulrich. Uh, we'll have Aaron Ports lined up in about 29 seconds' time as well from the Columbus Dispatch. Probably hear from Brandon Sod as well with Jack. Orders now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, Canada's largest Canon dealership, where their main goal is to save you time and money in providing true Alberta service. Check them out at Digitex. Digitex.ca. Digitex now has a massive supplies division where you can find paper and supplies for all brands of office equipment. You can text us at 630-630. Email us, oilersnow at 630.com. It's presented by Homes by Abbey. As we're going to go do it around the NHL segment for worldfloorcoverings.com, stressing about stains and accents on your carpets. It's a of the past with lifeguard waterproof carpet backing from Shaw Floors. If you have pets and kids, be confident. Your home is clean and fresh from lifeguard carpet from Shaw Floors. For details, visit worldfloorcoverings.com and you can convert your air miles there as well. All right. Uh, pleased to be joined by Aaron Portsline from uh, the Columbus Dispatch. Aaron, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? Bob, always a pleasure. How are you? Good, good. I was just listening to you about an hour and a half ago, actually. And uh, you piqued my interest, and it, uh, it's called a tease. I have already mentioned it on today's show. You said something pretty interesting, um, and we are going to have Yarmo Kakalainen on our pregame show tonight on 630 Chat a little bit later on today. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'll get shut down so fast on that one, you won't know what hit you. But uh, you have heard some pretty interesting rumblings about the in, the interest in Columbus in Patrick Lenné and uh, Yessi uh, Arby. So perhaps you can educate our listeners on that. Yeah, well, I, I guess first it must be said that, of course, an NHL team would be interested in either of them. An NHL team would love to get both of them. And Columbus is maybe going to get a shot at one of them. And you you wonder, and they have wondered, the team has wondered, the team has sort of gone back and looked at what Vancouver did many moons ago. I want to say, was it 98 or 99, the Sedin Twins draft? It was the 99 draft, yep. 99. And how did what, what did it take to get up there? What's interesting to me is, the whole world has changed now in the NHL. We saw it at the trade deadline, how valuable number one picks are. I think the the value, the worth of a first-round pick was has been lifted even more the last couple of trade deadlines. But the first-round picks just aren't moving anymore. I think it's going to be really hard to get high up in the draft in this one. But I've been told that they have done exercises. They've looked at what it would take, what it did take anyways, and I don't think they think it's even a possibility. They're just trying to do their homework to move up and get a pair of players that high that they can put together and just say, go get them for the next 15, 18 years. Columbus is going to have a sweet pick. You'd think they're trying to play their way out of it right now, as as they tend to do every year. Uh, but they're still at this point still in the, you know, obviously in the lottery, but they still have a decent chance to to move up in this 
lottery, which I might point out, they have never done. They've never moved up via the lottery. They've always either stayed put or fallen every year, despite their struggles as a franchise. Aaron Portsline joining us. So what you're saying, Aaron, is that hypothetically, let's just say for the sake of argument, Toronto ends up with the number one overall pick. Let's say Edmonton's sitting there at three, and Columbus ends up second, and that can happen. Even if you finish 22nd, 23rd, you can still end up moving all the way up that high in the way they've reconfigured the lottery. That You would think that the Columbus Blue Jackets could theoretically uh, Yarmo Kaikalainen might reach out to Peter Shrelly and say, we want your number three overall pick. We want to draft both the finished forwards, and we would be prepared to give you X and Y to do so, to sort of copy what Vancouver did when Brian Burke landed the two Sedins back in 1999. That's kind of what you're suggesting. Um, I, would, I wouldn't go that far. What I am suggesting is that they have, they have studied, they have looked at what it did take in case they dare to dream. I don't think it's a plan. I don't think it's a ploy. I don't think they even would think it's realistic. I mean, the first thing that has to happen is they got to get one of those picks. Yep. And they've never had luck with that, right, ever. They've never had luck with that. They're 11-5-4 and four in their last 20 games. They've played really well for six weeks now. The more that they continue to do this, the less likely they are to get a second or third pick overall. Obviously, that has to happen before anything else happens. But I, See, I don't think anybody thinks it's realistic, but it's something that's been dreamed about. Well, you know, they went 7-3-3 three, and three in February. They got off to a rocky start because they got McDavid in the uh, first yes, game in February at Edmonton. You saw that. And, 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 and Aaron, make cool. no mistake, like Edmonton got incredibly lucky. Incredibly lucky to get Connor McDavid. It's a complete game changer for whatever whatever organization got him, and the Oilers got him. And Edmonton's sitting today, and I think the team's 28th. They're tied for 27th. Uh, the most the Oilers could climb would be the 22nd, based on where they are realistically. I don't think they could climb any, even if they went. You know, for the sake of how many games, Jack? How many games we got left? Sixteen games. Jack's just downloading some uh, audio here for us. sixteen games. Even if the Oilers went like thirteen, two and one, I, I couldn't see them climbing much higher than twenty second. Columbus could probably finish realistically as high as twentieth, but it could go the other way too for for both franchises. So it is it is interesting because I do think Columbus has pieces that lots of teams like Boone Jenner. Is a player sure. a lot of teams like Zach Rorensky. and Boone Jenner's on a bridge deal too. Did you find it interesting that Yarmo was able to get both Boone Jenner uh, and uh, Ryan Murray done on bridge contracts? Well, from what I've been told, there was not an option to do otherwise. And both of these guys signed pretty quickly. I mean, they're you know they're not obviously RFAs till the summer. The deals got done pretty quickly, but it was made known to to both parties that there will not this is not going to be a long term. A deal. It's going to be a bridge. So let's uh, pick your bridge and let's get moving. And it came together pretty quickly. I, I don't under that, that surprises me a little bit on Jenner because he's a guy that he's so consistent in personality and performance. If you're ever going to go long term with a guy, you think it would be him. And he's at twenty. I want to say twenty-two goals right now. If you know, he could theoretically end up pushing thirty. He's been. That line's been playing really well. Um, if he does that for a couple more years, they may wish they had gone long-term with him right now rather than delay that. At least they have him. 
there's some organizations that passed on him. Remember, Edmonton had the 31st prick in Twice. the 2011 NHL draft. Yeah, right. Second round player. It's all about perspective, right? We're joined by Aaron Portsline. So the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets, 11-5-4 in their last 20 games. John Tortorella, you know my feelings on the on the trade for Seth Jones, who, by the way, is averaging 24 minutes a game since coming over in that trade. I mean, I thought it was risky in the sense that you moved Ryan Johansson, and he was a definitive number one center. And I guess the question I have for you now is, when Columbus made the playoffs, did they not have depth at center? And by moving both... Johansson and Anisimov, has this not opened up a glaring weakness in the Columbus lineup? Yes, it absolutely has. Now, the the return for Anisimov was Saad, who leads them in goals. It's not been a waste. The return for Johansson was Seth Jones, who gives them pretty good blue line, best they've ever had. That's not a waste either, but what's changed with this team from 13-14 when they made the playoffs, what's changed is they're not strong down the middle now. They're good. They've got some pieces there. Wenberg's a nice player. Dubinsky's a really competitive player. Number two center on a good team. Wenberg's not there yet as a difference maker every night. Carlson's not even close to that as a difference player, but they're both really solid defensive players. You don't lose anything from them. They just don't they don't get the offense from them. That's changed. The depth down the middle it used to be Johansson, Dubinsky, and Isimov, which was really impressive. The other thing that's changed is they, they've taken on guys. They didn't want David Clarkson, but they had to take him to get rid of Nathan Horton. You know the backstory to that. They didn't want yep. Renee Bork, but they had to take him to level off money. They got pieces, parts on the fourth line, and it, it, there's no impact there. When this team was really at its best, strong down the middle, really strong fourth line, and both of those have been hollowed out. But they are better on the back end, there's no question. What's going to happen? Like Seth Jones, you see him getting a bridge deal? I mean, I'm looking at this team right now, Aaron, and I, I got the Blue Jackets, 12 forwards, 5 defensemen, 2 goaltenders carrying forward, $66.3 million. And that does not include two RFA defensemen, Seth Jones and yeah. Dalton Prout, who spent some time at Edmonton as a uh, was invited to a couple couple years in a row to uh, the Oilers rookie camps. Um, you know, Prout's a six, but Seth Jones is a, for this team right now is top two. Is he going to take a, a bridge, or do you see him? Some, somebody else is going to have to move out for them to squeeze him in, don't you think? Uh, well, Rene Bork is off the books for sure, and a yep. lot of the money you see a lot of the money you see in the number right now would be like I mean Murray's going to take a, a step down in salary cap hit because there's no bonuses attached, so that that's going to lessen. Um, I, I don't think they're going to have any trouble with with getting their RFA signed. They're gonna, you know. I think what you see is what you get. They tried to move Hartnell. They tried to move Tootin at the trade deadline. Maybe they revisit that in the off season. Typically, you don't get the return then that you do at the trade deadline. So I don't know if if it'll be any easier then. The term remaining on those those contracts, the money remaining on them, still makes it a little bit difficult. I don't think they have a trouble getting these guys re-signed. And Jones, I'm honestly not sure about if they go. Long-term, I think their preference is bridge, strictly bridge. The only guy that, that got a long-term deal was Brandon Saad, and, and he had them a bit over the barrel. If you recall, they make the trade, and now they've got the RFA Brandon Saad, two-time Stanley Cup winner. It's getting close to July 1st, and if the offer sheets are so rare. But if you're going to put one out, tell me that's not a kid that you go after right there with that sort of raw ability. So they got him signed quick, six years, 33 he didn't go bridge. He went long-term. 
I don't know if that if Seth Jones is seen as being ready in that that category yet, but he's he's a guy that that you'd, you'd certainly like to lock down. Murray gets a bridge. I could see Jones getting a bridge and then breaking the bank in the next one. All right, we're joined by Aaron Portsline. Aaron, uh, two more questions for you. One about the Blue Jackets. One about the Oilers. What's the uh, status on Bob Rofsky, and are you surprised uh, with the play of Corpus Allo and goal? Uh, Bobrovsky is still at least a couple weeks away. He's skating. He's taking pucks. He, I, I, the the outlook for him is whenever he's ready, you wait a couple weeks because they thought like he's been ready a couple times, and then he's hurt the groin again. He's had three groins this year. He's had five the last three seasons. It's a chronic problem at this point. He wants to play a game before the season's over. They want to see him healthy. I don't see him playing any consecutive games. I see him dabbling in for a couple at the end. They do want him to play, though. Obviously not tonight, but he's a couple weeks away, but he does look like he's going to play before the end of the season. Corpus has been absolutely a surprise. Um, he's been their play recently. You talked about the 11, five and four stretch that took off when he took over and he's been a real revelation for this organization. I think you're looking at a situation next year where it's Bobrovsky and Corpusello. Corpusello can only be here if he plays. He's 21 years old, but he cannot have a guy that age sitting in the NHL for long stretches. But given Bobrovsky's injury history, I think you're going to see a situation where Bobrovsky plays 60-40, 65-35, and they keep the kid active. No back-to-backs for Bobrovsky. they got to ease him back into this and prove to everybody that he can stay healthy. Final questions about Connor McDavid. And uh, well, it is the second of back-to-backs for Edmonton. Uh, the orders uh, jumped on Philly last night. We're flying in the first. Flyers made an adjustment but had some challenges dealing with the orders' speed. Uh, and I think the speed played a factor in the first meeting between these two teams as well. Edmonton really outshot uh, Columbus quite a bit in the first and then got four in the second. But uh, just your thoughts on McDavid and how much he maybe have a game-changer he is for whatever organization got him. Yeah, well, I loved that game. I didn't. I mean, I don't care about the outcomes of these games as a newspaper guy. What I loved about it was you 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 sensed a team before the game that was like, yeah, he's a bright young player. We're looking forward to playing him. And now it's like, oh my God, we've seen it. We know that it's a different kind of speed. Typically, NHL guys don't rave about NHL guys on other teams. You know, maybe the veteran players that are 35, maybe Yager. But to, to go around the room yesterday and ask these guys, you know, what about McDavid? Nobody held anything back. They raved about him, and they couldn't say enough about him. The defenseman, Jack, good news for maybe the for the Blue Jackets. Neither Jack Johnson nor Justin Falk, who were on the ice for that goal, that goal, I'd say, against Edmonton last time. Neither one of them will be in the game tonight. Jack Johnson's hurt. Falk is in the minor leagues, but the defenseman, it is a real concern for them. What kind of gap do you leave here? You don't want to leave too big of a gap and basically just turn over ice to him, but you cannot get caught with this kid. Look for them to play really smart and safe in the neutral zone to try to slow down Edmonton. Teams slow them down so that at no point is it McDavid one-on-one with with anybody, but they, they have learned and they are well aware now of the rare, the unique speed and acceleration that the kid has. We'll see you in about uh, two hours. I look forward to it. Have a good afternoon, my man. 
Yeah, thanks, Aaron. That's Aaron Portsline, Columbus Dispatch, uh, one of the most plugged-in beat writers in the business. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, the right choice for a celebration for the census, with three convenient locations to serve you, Northgate, downtown, and south side. I'll get to some text when we come back. Still to come, Ron McLean with Brendan Ulrich, and uh, we'll hear from the orders, Jordan Everly, as well. This is Orders Now. Hey, this is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chet. At around 1.50 today, you'll hear from Jordan Eberle in conversation with Jack Michaels. Ron McLean coming up with Brendan Ulrich as well. This text from Andrew Cito, he says, Bob, Nail Yakupov is on pace for 41 goals a year playing with Connor since being put on his line. Why do you guys take him off at the beginning of the show? I know you're jealous of him, but I would prefer to trade Everly for Hamannick, and you could have Yakupov replace Everly with Connor, and then you have a top pair. Now, is he saying 41 uh, goals a game because he's got a goal in the two games that he's played with uh, uh, Yakupov's played with McDavid? Because just, 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 just since you brought it up, just, you know, Andrew and I and I love you, Andrew I love that you text the show at 6.30, Connor McDavid has played a grand total of 16 games since the All-Star break. He has seven goals and 20 points. In those 16 games, Jordan Everly has nine goals and 18 points. Jordan Everly coming up. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at orders. Now, Bob, I hope in a couple of years from now, other radio sports shows will be taking calls and texts regarding the frequency and annoying sounds after each Oilers goal. That one comes from the Big L. You know what, Big Al? I agree with you. That would be awesome. All right, let's do this. Uh, where are we going to go here? I should tell you at uh, 126 in Edmonton that if uh, you have a chance, go to the Dale Arena, home of Ben Thompson. ATB Financial has, uh, they've been there before, and that's where they surprised young head coach Colby Stone and ATB Home Ice Hero with $5,000. Watch Colby's story and nominate your own Home Ice Hero at atb.com backslash home ice. Uh, that's uh, atb.com backslash home ice. The Edmonton Oilers and the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Chance we might see uh, Elro Packer running in. Uh, Hendricks blocked a couple shots. You'd recall on the PK last night, they stopped uh, Philly all seven times on the uh, penalty kill. Oilers got a stable box tonight against Columbus. Columbus has got some guys that can score. They got 420 goal scores up front. Chance we might see uh, Packer running in for if Hendricks can't go, or even possibly for Cracknell. Uh, Glenn Denning obviously had some struggles, played 1538 last night against the Flyers. You may see Nikita Nikita. Let's not forget Nikita had 32 points one year in 54 games playing in Columbus. Laurent Brassois will get his second start of the season. He will take on Jonas Corposalo for a red-hot Blue Jackets team that is 7-3-3 in the month of February, though the Oilers did beat them 5-1. Off to a 6.30 Chad News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Brendan Ulrich will guide you home. He has Ron McClain coming up and Jack Michaels with Jordan Everlay, and I will rejoin you at 3.30 Edmonton time.